welcome to episode 45 of From the Front Porch, a collection of conversations on books, small business, and life in the South. I'm Annie Jones, owner of The Bookshelf, an independent bookstore in beautiful downtown Thomasville, Georgia, and today I'm joined by my manager, Rebecca Arwood. We'll be chatting about our favorite spine-tingling reads and what we're reading right now. Before we get started, um, I just wanted to thank everyone who came out and supported Thomas County's One Book 2015 program. We wrapped up things this week um, with a special appearance by Gretchen Rubin, the New York Times bestselling author of The Happiness Project. If you didn't listen to episode 44, we had Gretchen on the podcast, which was really exciting. So go back, listen to that episode, um, or bookmark it for your next go around because it's really worth listening to. She had some great things to say. Um, So thanks for your support. If you are curious about one book in our community, you can visit www.onebookthomascounty.org. All right, let's go ahead and get started. Well, hello, Rebecca. Hi, how are you? Good. Welcome back to the kind of sort of front porch, the living room, (laughs) (laughs) the living room today. Um, Have you recovered from One Book 2015? Uh, it was less than 24 hours ago, so we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah, agreed. Um, so if we, if either of us sound like we're in a fog, listeners, you'll know why. We are still recovering from Gretchen and all of the happy things that we did for one book. Um, but I wanted to shift our focus from happiness to to being scared. Um, I wanted to do like a Halloween themed episode. So I thought we could talk about our favorite spine tingling reads. Oh yes. Um, So we can talk about children's lit, uh, books that we like. I've got a couple of YA titles. I'm sure you do. Um, So let's just dive right in. Um, Do you have any I've just got a couple of children's books. Do you have any children's books? Yes. Okay. Um, growing up, I loved Frank Purdy's Cooper Kids series. Like, okay. I had his adult novels, too, but he also had a series specifically for, um, like, middle readers and young adult, and some of those were fantastically creepy. I remember specifically The Curse of Toko Ray actually okay. gave me nightmares. It was one of those <laughs> nights where I, like, stayed up way too late reading, uh-huh. and um, because I, like, read it all in one, like... Yes. sitting and way too late into the night I dreamed about it that night so that's that definitely stands out in my mind as one of the more creepy, creepy. reads that I read growing up also um the Hound of the Baskervilles oh yeah that is creepy I read that when I was like I don't know maybe 12 or 13 yeah and it significantly spooked me it yeah. was so suspenseful and the idea of I was always a little bit scared of dogs yeah. anyway yeah. so That'd yeah. be a good one to reread, actually, because I, too, read it when I was a lot younger, so I think it would be interesting to go back now. And I don't think I've read it since then. I know so I haven't, this yeah. Would, this would probably be a good season okay. for a, a reread. Okay. Um, I, I'm trying to think. So I did, well, I did a couple of picture books, so like preschool age kids who aren't quite ready to be completely scared yet. I really love the children's book, Little Old Lady Who Was Not Afraid of Anything. Have you yes. read that? It's so cute. Um, so that's more of a cute, spooky book kind of seasonal uh, story time book that I really like. And then for middle reader, you know what, I should have googled the exact name of it, but I think it's like the girl on the face of the milk carton or something, (laughs) or the face on the milk carton. It was terrifying to me because growing up, um, I think the big thing that was popular in the 80s, 90s, there goes the big truck. Um, (laughs) The thing that was scary was kidnapping to me, like stranger danger. And so any books that kind of touched on that, um, 
So yeah, as far as middle reader, I know, I mean, I love the Harry Potter books. I think now actually would be a fun time to reread those. I have not reread those since I read And I just read a really good one um, that just came out. It's illustrated by John Clausen. Yes. And uh, it's called The Nest. Oh gosh, that is such a beautiful book. But you're saying it's a little creepy? Gorgeous. Very eerie. Okay. Very creepy. Like the premise is that there's this like 10 or 11 year old boy and you figure out pretty early on in the story that he probably has some anxiety disorders. Okay. Um, And his parents have just had a new baby kind of late in life and there's a lot of medical issues going on with the baby and so the parents are constantly going back and forth to and from the hospital and so it doesn't sound like it's going to be like a creepy story yeah except that there's this mysterious wasp's nest okay that appears right outside the house right about the same time they bring the baby home from the hospital okay and the boy starts dreaming about the wasps and they're saying that they're going to make the baby better but really their plan is to actually replace the baby oh that is terrifying super creepy (laughs) that is a middle reader like yeah it's, it's for probably like 10 and up, okay. and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Okay. So you'd recommend it, though, even though it's creepy, like a 10-year-old could handle it? Oh, yeah. I yeah. think so. Okay. Um, well, I remember when we got that one, and for whatever reason, I ordered like 10 of those, so I'm so, so glad. So please come get them <laughs> at the bookshelf. They're fabulous. Yeah, I'm so glad. To, I ordered them because I love John Clausen, and mm-hmm. I thought, oh, a middle reader book with some of his illustrations and his design aesthetic I thought would be really fun. Um, okay, as far as YA goes, you're the expert in middle reader YA lit, but I will say I read two years ago or last year, I don't know, all the months run together when you run a bookstore, We Were Liars by E.L. Lockhart. Yes. I really liked that book, and it had just the right amount of creep factor, Mm -hmm. um, kind of creepy factor that... You know, it's really actually beautifully written. It's not necessarily, I wouldn't describe it as a thriller, but it certainly has thrilling and suspenseful parts. So I really liked um, We Were Liars. Uh, And then these are not YA books. um, And Hunter, one of our customers, might be listening and cringing, but I actually think Megan Abbott, her books are kind of crossover to me. Mm -hmm. Late YA um, and then regular fiction. I certainly wouldn't shelve them in YA, but... If you like YA, right. you'll probably you're probably going to like Megan Abbott. So she, the ones I have read by her are Dare Me, which is kind of Bring It On meets <laughs> Heather's meets, uh, you know, Halloween or some kind of scary element because there's definitely a suspense element, but it's about these high school cheerleader cheerleaders, and so there's kind of a mean girl aspect. Um, but I really liked that one. And then The Fever, which I think we talked about maybe on a previous podcast or at least in the shop um, because it definitely has a Salem Witch Trials right. kind of vibe. Um, so The Fever and then End of Everything. Those are three Megan Abbott books that I love. They're fast-paced. They're great YA and regular fiction crossover kind of. Um, any other YA favorites for you? Yeah, um, our book club just finished, I guess about two months ago, reading Uprooted by Naomi Novik. Okay. And it's based on, like, got some Polish folklore, very fairy tale elements to it, but the kind of villain of the story is this sentient wood. And so there's kind of some possession elements and some very intense, very creepy, just kind of evil scenes, but they were so well written. It really kept me on the edge of my seat. So that's one of my favorites that kind of has some more spine tingling moments in it. Um, And then another series that is really just highly underrated and I hardly hear anybody ever talk about is The Unwind Dystology by Neil Schusterman. 
Oh my goodness. Yeah. So good. Especially for fans of like the Hunger Games okay. and the Divergent series, anything in that vein, you're going to love Unwind. The thing that makes it so terrifying is that it's basically about um, children between the ages of 12 and 18 who are like harvested for their body parts. Oh yes. Okay. Yeah. I remember this. Okay. And it's considered legal because they're quote unquote living in a divided state. Um, so it's a really, really eerie concept, yeah. but it also feels like terrifyingly realistic. Okay. Um, a couple yeah. hundred years down the road, if the technology were ever to become available. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that one, um, I would highly recommend. Also a little less creepy, but also by Neil Shusterman is the Everlost trilogy. Yeah. And this one's also really good for slightly younger readers okay. who want to maybe read like Divergent and Hunger Games, but um, who maybe aren't ready for like the violence levels. Yeah. And it's kind of this netherworld ghost story that um, just evolves really fantastically and I think would be good for readers of probably 11 and up. Okay. Um, so YA is not my, like, genre that I frequently find myself reading, although we've talked, there's some good ones out right now that I yeah. desperately want to pick up, and we'll talk about this later, but I'm in a little bit of a reading slump, so maybe a YA, um, book would be actually good for me right now. But moving on into a, adult fiction, or even mm-hmm. nonfiction, um, I will say that my favorite, and you've heard me recommend her in the store constantly, and I'm sure I've recommended her on the podcast, but if people come in looking for suspense, page turner, thrilling kind of books, I love Tana French. I really think no one compares to her writing ability. Um, each of her books is standalone, but they build on um, the previous, you know, a minor character from a previous book. So the, a minor character from a previous title might show up as the main character in her latest novel. Um, they all take place in Ireland. She's an Ir- Irish writer. Um, I love these. The first one I read was called In the Wood. And then the second one, which I think might be my favorite, is called The Likeness. And I am just waiting for someone to buy the film rights to this thing because I don't normally advocate for books to be turned into movies because so often that can go wrong. But I really think Tana French, in fact, I think she may have been a screenwriter because the tempo of these novels is perfection. Like they build right at the exact moments that you need them to build. They give you the scare factor. And I have read, I think all but one of her books. Um, and maybe I will pick up that one to read um, this week. But um, Anyway, I love Tana French. I think she's a fantastic foray into kind of suspense literature. Um, She's especially great. People come in now all the time looking for, like, the next Gone Girl, right? And I think publishers are, like, every suspense novel that comes out is automatically compared to Gone Girl. (laughs) the next Gone Girl. We had a podcast episode about Girl on the Train. I feel like so many writers, and in fact, when I was Googling um, some titles for this podcast episode, uh, apparently it's a genre of book now, marriage thrillers. Marriage thrillers, okay. (laughs) Which I thought was interesting, um, but I guess because of the popularity of Gone Girl, and so often what really is most terrifying, I suppose, is what is in your own home. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) And the relationship that that is your closest. but if you are a Gillian Flynn fan, I personally, I liked Gone Girl, but I've read some of Gillian Flynn's other stuff. Um, Sharp, Sharp Objects was okay. I think they're actually trying to develop that into a movie or a television show. Um, Dark Places. Mm-hmm. I remember being really creeped out by Dark Places. In fact, in for me, a little too creeped out. Like, um, Jordan and I like scary movies this season of the year only. Right. And yet... 
I remember I um I watched Rosemary's Baby for the first time. I don't know if you've ever seen that. Mm -hmm. um, well, it's basically a woman is having the devil's baby. You don't realize it <laughs> till the very end. But so spoiler alert. But. Uh, I watched that and immediately, like, threw it away. Like, wouldn't even have it in my house because yeah. it was so yeah. evil feeling. Dark Places is, like, the Rosemary's Baby of literature. <laughs> like, I, you know, I like Gillian Flynn. I think um, I think she has um, really great twists and turns yeah. in her writing. But Dark Places was almost too dark for me. I know what you mean because I have, like, one of my favorite suspense creepy authors is Ted Decker. Okay. And he just writes some fantastic series. He writes some amazing standalones. Uh, my favorite standalone is probably The Bride Collector. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Well, the title alone. <laughs> absolutely incredible. And really creepy. And it also involves, like, some mentally unstable savants. And, okay. You know, so you've got some really fascinating concepts. But for me personally, he took it too far with Bone Man's Daughter. <laughs> like, I, I remember reading it and, like, my stomach got upset because yeah. I was so disturbed because the villain in it killed people by breaking their bones without breaking their skin. And so... Oh, gosh. It was, like, meticulous. Yeah. And, oh, my goodness. It was just so creepy. I'm getting creeped out just yeah. thinking about it. Yes. No. So, as far as, like, books that took it just a little bit too yeah. far for you, like, I, I understand. That one was that one was a bit much for me. Yeah. And if the... I mean, I'm sure there are readers out there, like, the readers who come in and want Stephen King or mm -hmm. something like that that I just am not as familiar with. Sometimes I do point them to Gillian Flynn because I think, oh, they probably want something darker than I'm ready to right. give them. Um, um, so, Dark Places is is a really dark book. Um, another one that is really, you, you keep using the word eerie, and I think that uh, describes this to a T. Um, everyone raved about the Goldfinch. Well, let me rephrase. Most people raved. Some people loathed. There was no in-between. <laughs> <It's> very polarizing. <laughs> yeah, there was no in-between. Um, but when the Goldfinch um, came out, instead of reading it, I decided to go back and read The Secret History. That book is fantastic so well written, so eerie and creepy, it takes place on a college campus um, with this tight-knit group of students who kind of fall, not in love with, but they are they just adore this professor and they kind of become his disciples or followers. Mm -hmm. um, and that alone has some creepy elements, but then as the book develops and as the plot develops, um, some other things come to light that just had me on the edge of my seat. I love that book. So um, that is The Secret History by Donna Tartt. Um, what about one, you? One that I've been, that I would like to read because I haven't read it and yeah. I have now seen a film adaption is Perfume. And oh. it's um, a German classic okay. about a man who was born without, he has no personal smell. Like his skin oh. doesn't have any smell to it. But his own sense of smell is incredibly keen. Okay. And in his quest to make the perfect scent he wants to try and capture the smell of other people and so he ends up going on this killing spree to capture the scent of these oh, women gosh. um and it was surprisingly a stunning film like okay. i watched it it was breathtaking it was creepy but it was also really really beautiful yeah and so now i really want to read the book where did you find the movie uh video warehouse oh of course yeah. we still have a video store in thomasville awesome. <laughs> i feel like people should know you guys with your blockbusters and your movie galleries those closed but the video warehouse we've in got thomasville, the video Georgia warehouse remains. and let me tell you it's awesome you get a movie for a week and it's a dollar yeah Redbox is like a dollar 30 for one night for one night yeah yeah, we like we love Video Warehouse. It's fun it's just fun. to browse. Um, okay, a couple more for me. Uh, Reconstructing Amelia by Kimberly McRae. She just wrote a new book called Where They Found Her. That wasn't my favorite. Um, mm -hmm. But her first book, Reconstructing Amelia, 
really creepy. Really liked that one. Page Turner, once you start it, you won't be able to stop. Um, a couple that I would classify less as creepy and more just straight-up suspense novels, Defending Jacob, um, which was one that kept getting recommended to me early on when I took over the bookshelf, and I just didn't have time to read it, and then finally read it on a plane. It's a great plane book <laughs> because, <laughs> because it completely has you enraptured, and you just want to know what's happening. So um, the main character is a defense attorney, and he winds up having to defend his son in a murder trial, and it is fantastic. Um, so that's Defending Jacob. Everything I've Never Told You by Celeste Ng came out, I think, early last year. Mm -hmm. um, won a couple of awards, got a lot of attention. Not, It wasn't what I was expecting in terms of suspense mystery novel. It wound up actually being a lot deeper than that. Um, but this would be a great time of year to read it because it definitely has these, I don't know, autumnal elements. Mm -hmm. Just a little darker, I think, than than anything else. Another one that you mentioned film adaptation. I have seen um, and read Before I Go to Sleep by S.J. Watson. I don't necessarily recommend the film. I, I thought it was okay. Um, but Before I Go to Sleep, the book um, by S.J. Watson is really great. When I first read it, I actually, when I was in a book club in Tallahassee every October, we would read a kind of creepy book. And Before I Go to Sleep was one of those. And it was, I remember reading it thinking, oh my gosh, this is, this is scary. And it's kind of um, 50 First Dates, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so it's like 50 First Dates, but the terrifying version. Because <laughs> she has, um, I can't remember details exactly, but I think she has a disorder of some kind where every morning she wakes up and she forgets everything for the previous day. So she only knows what her husband tells her. Oh. So talk about marriage thrillers. It's so fantastic. Don't see the movie, at least don't see the movie first. Read the book first. Then if you want to see the movie, I think it stars um, Nicole Kidman and Colin Firth. So I had kind of sort of high hopes, which may have been my problem. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's Colin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you want to love it. Um, but Before I Go to Sleep, really great marriage thriller. Um, what about you? Any others? Um, now, I haven't personally read it. I would like to, but another sort of film book adaption. Yeah. Um, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho. Oh, yeah. And actually, what a lot of people don't know is that's based on a real story. Yeah. And there was a book, Psycho, before there was the movie, and the movie inspired him at a time where his career was kind of um, ebbing, and he actually like bought up all existing copies at that time so that nobody could figure out the twist ahead oh, of time. Oh, um, interesting. But my sister Emily has now read the book oh, that good. the movie is based on the true crime and uh, that's one that I would like to pick up oh gosh and I mean, talk about love, classic horror yes and I do love true crime like In Cold Blood by Truman mm -hmm. Cahody is one of my favorite books during band book week that was my favorite band book um I you know true crime plus just I don't know, the journalistic elements. I'm always intrigued by literary journalism and things like that. But. And there's a biography that came out, I want to say, around this time last year about um, a guy who thinks that he's uncovered the identity of the Zodiac Killer. Oh, That's one I would like cool. to pick up as well. Yes. Um, and In a Dark, Dark Wood, I think, is one you and I both have our eyes on. Have you read that one yet? I haven't. I've just started it. Okay. I cannot wait to hear what you think. That's a creepy book that just was released a few, mm -hmm. I don't know, a few weeks ago, a couple months ago. Beautiful cover. Really pretty cover by Ruth Ware, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, that is for sure on my to-be-read list. Um, another one uh, that is going to be a film, I believe, in the next 
I don't know, it might already be out in some places. Room by Emma Donahue. Did you ever read that? I didn't, but somebody was just talking to me about it and oh. said it was super creepy. Oh my gosh, you've, you have to read it. In fact, I tried to pick up Emma Donahue's second book when it was released, not, I guess about a year or a year and a half ago, and I, I did not, I think it was called Frog Music. That was not one of my favorites, and I was devastated because I thought Room was brilliant. So it's really well written, but extremely creepy and t and slightly terrifying. Um, edge of Your Seat, loved it. But, you know, some Edge of Your Seat books aren't really well written. The right. plot <laughs> drives them. But Room is really well written. Um, so Room by Emma Donahue. And you mentioned Emily. Your mom, I think, read Karen Slaughter's Pretty, Pretty Girls. Girls. Yeah. Yes. That's another one that keeps popping up this time of year, I think. Yes, I've had it recommended to me by some people whose taste I trust. Yeah. So that's another one to be on the lookout for. Um, okay, so because we are on a podcast, I am curious to know, um, I think you and I have talked, and no, I just introduced Jordan a year late, but I introduced him to Serial. He finally trusted me, and mm -hmm. we listened to all the episodes. What are some creepy podcasts? that you listen to. Okay, so I have really been enjoying this lately and I have to make sure that I don't listen to them when I'm alone in yeah. the house because <laughs> yeah. they are legitimately creepy. Um, but I guess about two months ago, I got into the Black Tapes podcast. Okay. And it's fantastic. It's a, an audio uh, drama. Okay. And basically it's about this guy who, um, the Strand Institute, and he goes and he debunks, like, um, all these spiritualists and okay. seances and stuff, so he's the one who kind of pulls back the curtain and shows everybody what's really going on, but he has this series of black VHS tapes of cases that he has not yet been able to solve, but he's confident he will be able to with, like, the proper technology and that kind of thing, so each episode focuses on one story, one instance that he was unable to to really fully explain okay um and the overarching story is a mystery involving the disappearance of his wife oh, interesting. um so that one is excellent fiction, fiction. like story yes. okay and the other one that i've been enjoying is non-fiction okay and in some ways i've found that creepier <laughs> uh, yeah. it's called lore okay and each episode is about 20 minutes long and it goes into some of the history and details behind um, local mythologies and different beliefs and creatures throughout the years. Um, like, I think the first episode, uh, one of the first episodes is about werewolves and kind of okay. where the history of that mythology comes from. And he has it backed up with, like, research and historical notes and that kind of thing. And I tell you what, the other night I listened to one, and it was about a family who had a doll and this life-size doll seemed to be responsible for some... Nope, you've lost oh, me already. Man. That sounds terrible. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I had to listen to something else before I went to sleep. Yeah, because, no, that sounds like, awful. I was getting goosebumps, yeah. and I was, like, jumping at shadows. Yeah, and so no, life you lost me a life-size doll. And I'm like, then oh, the gosh. other day, I saw a preview for a movie about... A, a, a doll of a boy and I'm just like nope yeah, nope can't do it yeah done. that's where Andy draws the line <laughs> we're done <laughs> um I listen to I think more like true crime so mm -hmm. for example if you liked serial Jordan and I were just recommended the podcast criminal um each episode is about 20 minutes and it's a different criminal case um not all of them are creepy. Like, some of them are just interesting. The first one um, was about this murder trial that this lawyer is determined 
um, to kind of get this man out of prison because he's sure it was an animal, not the uh. person that's in prison. Um, and just being married to an attorney, I don't know, we both kind of find that stuff yeah. really fascinating. So if you were a fan of criminal, or if you were a fan of serial, I think you will like criminal. Um, so that's one that we've we've been listening to. But there is something kind of fun about the audio element, yes, isn't there? Yes, I love it. Yeah. It's very immersive. Um, yes, really fun. So we'll stick links uh, in the show notes to Lore, Black Tapes Podcast, and Criminal, just in case you're interested in checking those out. Okay, Rebecca, so all of that creepiness aside, what are you actually reading right now? <laughs> I just finished reading Menagerie by okay. Rachel Vincent, and it did have some kind of spooky elements in it, so it was very appropriate for this time of year. Um, just released this October, I had the pleasure of getting an advanced reader copy. Okay. Um, it's really fascinating. It's kind of a magical realism set with a reimagined America in which um, creatures like, you know, the phoenix and the griffin and then um, centaurs and minotaurs and mermaids and that kind of a thing where they all actually exist. But due to a horrific happening where millions of people died that was, you know, some of these creatures were responsible for back in the 80s, mm-hmm. um, these creatures have now all lost all rights. Like, they're not even given animal rights. They are treated like property. Oh, and so there's a, a young woman who wanted to be a vet for these types of creatures, but realized that the only institutions that she would be able to work with would be, like, either, like, labs okay. or um, circus-type things. And she... Mm-hmm wanted to be able to help but was uncomfortable with the the moral conflict so that's kind of the the opening of the story and when she goes to a um a a circus that's coming through town that has a bunch of these creatures on display um her own transformation is triggered and she is taken captive because she's now revealed to be one of these creatures and she had no idea. So now all of her human rights are completely stripped away. Oh, interesting. Um, so really, really fascinating setup. Yeah. Excellent storytelling. And it has some interesting, like, political human rights conflicts, how okay. far those actually extend, whether these creatures are actually considered, quote-unquote, human in any way. Right. And just really well done. What an interesting concept. Like, unlike anything I've really heard of. Yeah, yeah. Is it, did you say fiction or YA? Where it's does it It's fiction. Fall? Okay. But I think a lot of young adult readers would enjoy it. But yeah. Um, it's, I would say fiction. Okay. Yeah. That sounds really, it's just really unique. Like it's a really unusual premise. Um, I also, I guess I am reading to the season. I feel like I haven't because I've just been so one book focused, but I am in the middle of Assassination Vacation, um, Hmm. by Sarah, I think it's Vowel, but it might be Vowel, um, V-O-W-E-L-L. Um, she is an NPR This American Life contributor. Um, she's done a lot of stories on there. Her voice is really recognizable to me. And I had seen her books, but most of her books are historical. Um, mm-hmm. They're nonfiction. And that, as I have discussed many times on this podcast, is not always interesting to me. Um, but one of my favorite podcasts, The Popcast, which is a <laughs> pop culture podcast, um, they do great book um, book reviews sometimes at the end of their episodes. And um, Jamie, one of their hosts, recommended Assassination Vacation. And I guess it is, like I said, a little apropos of the season. So it covers the Lincoln, um, oh no, James Garfield, and I think uh, the Ronald Reagan assassination attempt, I think. Um, I know it's three Republican presidents because um, Sarah must be a Democrat because she dedicated it to her father. And she said to my dad, who is rolling over in the grave, that this book is about three Republicans. (laughs) So I thought that was cute. Um, But basically, Sarah 
um, goes around and visits all of the sites relating to the assassinations of these presidents. Um, so I've already finished the first third, which was about Lincoln, and it, she kind of goes to not only the Lincoln Memorial or the theater where he was shot, mm -hmm. but also um, where John Wilkes Booth stayed. And then yes. just really stuff about history that I had kind of had no clue, like the stuff that you don't hear in a classroom setting. Right. Um, so anyway, Assassination Vacation is what I'm reading right now. Okay, well, I think that that about covers it for this week's episode. You can find our show notes and other um, episode recaps on iTunes or at www.bookshelfthomasville.com. You can also follow along our everyday adventures on Twitter and Instagram at bookshelftville. Thanks, Rebecca. Thanks and for having me. I will see you guys next week. <laughs>